0: Man, well, if you have your Bibles, you'll want to open them up to Luke, Luke, (laughs) chapter 1, verse 57, and today we're going to make it all the way through verse 66, we are cruising. 2023, (laughs) we're going to finish this. That was a joke. I'm sure it's going to be 2022. Like, relax. All right, let's read the Word of God. Uh, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Remember Elizabeth from the previous weeks? Her neighbors, her relatives, they hear that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up, Elizabeth, and she says, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, well, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made some signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's aston- astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately... His mouth was opened, and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Amen. All right. Let's get it going. Verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son, her neighbor's relatives. They hear the good news that the Lord has shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Shared her joy. Did you catch that part, church? They shared her joy. Say it with me. And they shared her joy. I don't want to show a hands on this one, but one of the hardest things in life can be sometimes to share in someone else's joy. Again, don't raise your hands if you've ever been there before. I mean, it's one thing if you got a great job that pays all the bills, and then your friend gets a job, and you're like, hey, that's awesome. But when you have been out of work for a while, and you've tried really hard to get a job, and then your friend, without really even trying, seemingly gets the dream job, congratulations. So, all right, that's great. Or let's take it to an even more serious level. It's one thing when you're feeling great about life and you're walking in health and then your friend, uh, maybe a relative, has their healing and you say, praise the Lord. But it's another thing when you've been battling sickness or let's take it even further, sickness after sickness after sickness, but then your friend, like they prayed once and it wasn't even that good and voila, they're healed. Wait a minute. Where's my healing? Or here's the real one. I think we've all been here Before someone tells you about this vacation they're about to go on. Pastor Dan, we're going to Hawaii again. (laughs) And all you can think about is how crazy the season of life that you've been in, and yet you try so hard to share in their joy. I'm so, so happy for you. I'm really just happy for you. It's so funny. So I wrote this on that part of this message on Tuesday. And then, no joke, I'm with one of the leaders of Foursquare on Friday morning. I get in his truck. He goes, yeah, uh, next Saturday we're going to Hawaii. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. (laughs) But I was thinking about uh, my journey and all of this. and, And maybe you'll agree. Maybe you won't. But I think this area of sharing in another person's joy, it's an area that we continue to grow in as we mature in Christ. And see, the reason I believe that is because the more we grow in Christ, become conformed to His image, the more we learn how to express His love, right? Where, like Christ, we love our Father God, but we also love others. We love God, but we also love others. Because here's where the struggle comes in these types of situations, is when you hear about what's going on in your friend's life, Instead of keeping your focus on them and rejoicing with them, the natural inclination is to right away think about who? Think about ourselves. Absolutely. In our immaturity, I think in our flesh, we tend to make any conversation about ourselves. And yet sharing in another person's joy or rejoicing with another person over something good that's happening in their life, it really is a practice, not about making it all about me, myself, and I, but instead learning how to love another person person, right? You don't turn it inward right away make it about yourself, but instead you truly love them. You rejoice with them. I love you. I am so happy for you. Paul talks about love a lot in his letters, and he brings this kind of love up in Romans chapter 12 uh, in verses 9 and 10. In verse 9, he says that love must be sincere. In verse 10, he says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Sincere, devoted, where you honor someone above yourself. So in a conversation where you're hearing about all this good news happening in someone's life, you might need to just kind of whisper to yourself, like, okay, Dan, remember, this isn't all about you, right? Keep your attention, keep your focus on what God is doing in another person's life. You love them. A little later on, in verse 15, he says that you would rejoice What? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. So again, this isn't about me. God, show me, teach me, lead me how to devote myself to what this person is going through. I think that's a sign of a healthy body of Christ. A healthy body of Christ. So when you're in your life group this week, or next Sunday night at our next level class, or here on a Sunday morning, as we interact with one another in a healthy body of Christ... We would show genuine concern for one another. And when someone shares something good or bad, we don't turn it right around and, oh, well, that reminds me of this thing and this thing that I'm going. No, you just press in, right, in love, and you rejoice with those who rejoice. You mourn with those who mourn. A genuine, not self-seeking, but a self-giving love. Paul talks about this healthy body of Christ and what it looks like in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. He says, if one part suffers in the body of Christ, what does he say? He says, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, what does he say? Every part rejoices with it. And I wanted to spend a little extra time on all of this because I believe this is what God is actually creating here at LifeSpring Church. I'm usually a pessimist, but these days I am such an optimist. I, I see the Lord doing this here. You and I, we are growing, genuinely growing in our concern for one another. And when we share, right away we're not going to just turn around to ourselves, but instead we're truly loving one another. We mourn with each other. We rejoice with each other. We're truly happy for one another. Amen? Amen. Right? Share in another person's joy. And may we share because uh, with, you know, the believers in Christ share in their joy, whether it's the birth of a child, a healing, a vacation, a promotion, that we would share in the joy of what God has done in their life. All right, verse 59, on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up, said, no, emphatically. She said, no. Have you ever heard a mother speak emphatically? I, 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 I have. She, she said, no, his name is John. And they said to her, well, there's no one among your relatives, uh, Elizabeth, that has that name. And so then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. Verse 63, he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, amazement, he wrote, his name is John. Last week we talked about how blessed Uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth were in the Lord, a blessed life in the Lord. We saw Elizabeth, she made this powerful statement about Mary, who's also blessed in the Lord. She said, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Again, if you missed that sermon, uh, go ahead and watch it or listen to it on the podcast. But we talked about how Mary's belief in God was demonstrated in an act of faith, right, motion in her faith, where belief in the Lord caused her to walk it out, walk forward as the Lord's servant. We also saw Jesus declare in Luke chapter 11. He said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And in today's passage, go ahead and keep that one up on the screen, uh, you see Zachariah and Elizabeth walking forward, out of their belief in the Lord, walking forward in this blessed life. They know that the angel Gabriel has told them that their boy is going to be named John. They heard the word of God. But now after hearing the word of God, they are walking it out. They are obeying the Lord. And these other people who want the boy to be named after his father, Zechariah, Elizabeth says, no, 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 no. He is to be called John. Again, walking out her belief in the Lord. By the way, did you catch that? She's walking out her belief in the Lord even over what society or her culture is wanting her to do. Yeah, I think that's very important right they They want her to name him John, but she doesn't listen to them and You can tell these people clearly aren't impressed with Elizabeth's answer because they kind of just brush her off. You see that in the text she She gives her answers like they didn't even hear what she said. What do they do next? They just turn to John John you know i mean turn to zachariah Zach, Zachariah I mean Yeah, okay, but Zachariah, what is this child's name going to be? And Zachariah asked for a writing tablet. A writing tablet. I don't know about you, but every time I read that someone uh, has a writing tablet, I kind of think like an iPad. Um, So maybe it looks something like that. So um, (laughs) there he is. I don't know how they charged it, but... When he gets to the tablet, he says without hesitation, his name is John. It's an incredible obedience by a righteous and devout couple. And it brings up a good point for all of us. Where do you need to obey the Lord? Where do you need to obey the word that has been spoken over your life? But where maybe other people, right? Maybe friends, relatives, family are, are telling you to do something else, but you just know that you need to follow the Lord. Have you ever been there before? Anybody else besides me? Absolutely. Right? He gave you that word and those closest to you, they just disagree with you. But this is your family. Right? These are the people who are closest to you. Nothing is harder. I I can't tell you how many times I've been here. Nothing is harder than going against your family when you're trying to follow the Lord's will for your life. Many of you have exact stories on this topic. It's a hard subject because I also believe the Lord places people in our lives to give us counsel, to give us wisdom. You, you hear this throughout scriptures. Proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of fools seem right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 19, get all the advice, all the instruction that you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. But there are times when you know the Lord has spoken to me. And at that point, if the Lord has spoken to me, I better do what he says. I better do what he says. And where we saw a few weeks ago, a hesitation in Zechariah, right? Zechariah, he doubted when he first heard Gabriel. And when Gabriel told him he'd have a son, there was a hesitation, a doubt. But this time, come on, church, there's no hesitation. You see that? No hesitation. Give me the iPad. His name is John. His name is John. It's just settled. I want you to really think about that. I, I, was, I was thinking about it this week. In fact, Zechariah first doubts the angel. What does the angel do to him? Makes it so he can't talk. Remember that part? He doubts. He says, oh, well, you're not talking now. So Zechariah, today's passage, about how many months is this? Probably after, probably around nine. If you've ever had a child before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever not been able to speak for nine months? It's a long time. It's a long time. I mean, it gives you enough time, first, to be really good at using your iPad, but second, it gives you some time to think about this encounter you had with the angel. It makes you think about your encounter with God. It gives you time to think about the Lord, to think about what really matters in life, how you're going to spend the rest of your life. And I think it's safe to say that something good over these last nine months, something good has been developing and growing in Zachariah and Elizabeth. Because when their community comes in, their community pressures them, tells them they need to name him after their father, Zachariah and Elizabeth. They're not faced, They're not moved. Both of them quickly say, no, his name is John. How many times has that happened in our own lives where at first we hesitated? You ever hesitate before? In obeying the Lord. Have you ever heard the phrase, um, delayed obedience is disobedience? Ever heard that one before? Right, where you hesitated in obeying the Lord. And yet, have you also, by the grace of God, seen how the Holy Spirit continues to speak to you, even in your delayed obedience? Have you ever been there before? That it wasn't about your perfection, but instead about His? And so, yes, you hesitated, but the Lord kept speaking, continued to teach you, continued to work on your heart, continued to work and by His grace, He gave you another opportunity to say yes to His commands. You ever been there? I, 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 I hope we could all say yes. Um, that is a huge part of the Christian walk. I, I just want to make it really practical for you. Have you ever been in the checkout line, and the Lord put the person in front of you, on your heart, and, and they said, pay their groceries? You ever been there before? I, all, yeah, oh, wow, so many times, right? Yes, and, 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 and you didn't do it. I remember as a kid, long before I was Pastor Dan, the Lord would stir me up. Even if I was walking in a mall or walking in the park, the Lord would say, go talk to that person. Go say something to that person. Go say hi to that man. Go, all the time, just stirring me up. Go, go, speak, share. But often I was too afraid to do it. Too afraid. Do you you know what that feels like? Or the Lord stirs you up to do something. I don't know. But that feeling, by the way, is Awful. It's, yeah, come on, you can be honest about that. It is a miserable feeling. And that feeling, it goes with you, right? You're driving home from Safeway. You can't get it out of your mind. But that feeling, it isn't to defeat you. It's not to discourage you, but it's to encourage you, right? It's to motivate you. It's to move you forward that you would obey the Lord the next time the opportunity presents itself. See, for those of you who have been walking with Christ for a while now, and I'm not going to define what a while now means, but I I just want you to think about the boldness you now have. Think about all the growth that's happening in your life, and think about the confidence that you have now in the Lord. Now, it isn't true for everybody, but often our current boldness, our current confidence in Jesus is a result of how the Lord led us through previous times of doubt and hesitation. Our current confidence and boldness in Christ is a journey from those times of doubt and hesitation. And again, you see this in Zachariah and Elizabeth. It's right there. But I'm sure you've also seen it in your own life. In fact, I wanted to invite Kelly, Kelly Putman, to come up to the stage. And she's going to share, uh, actually, on this, on this topic. So would you please welcome Kelly Putman to the stage. Thanks, Kelly.
1: Uh, hello? Is it can you hear me?
0: You are good.
1: Hello? Okay. Um so uh this is not the easiest thing for me to talk about, so if I cry, um forgive me. Um so fifteen years ago, um a week ago, um I had a friend uh, commit suicide. Um, and two weeks prior to it happening was the last time that I saw her and we were talking and she had been going through some stuff and I was just checking on her to make sure that she was okay. And, um, the conversation kind of, you know, ended and we were at a concert for school and, um, as I was going into the gymnasium to go to the concert, which is what I was there for and what I wanted to do, and um, God, I just heard this little voice um, tell me to keep talking to her. And I didn't really have anything else to say, and I didn't really know what else to say, and she had gone the other way. And I kind of told myself, well, you know, if I see her after the concert, then I will um, – You know, I'll I'll say something else to her, you know, whatever. Like, I was a senior in high school, didn't think anything of it, and I never got that chance. I never, I didn't see her after the concert, and, um, you know, and then two weeks later, she died. Um, Fast forward 10 years, so about five, five and a half years ago, um, I have a, I call her my project friend, which she's not really a project friend, but, um, she's actually a pretty good friend of mine who has had a rough life, not a Christian. Um, and I just get to love her all the time, um, and talk to her about Jesus, even when she doesn't want to hear it. And she was at this point, um, she was, an alcoholic and um, going through a lot of depression and a lot of personal stuff in her life, and um, I had worked an overnight shift, and so I was really tired. And I had just left her house, and and she started sending me these weird texts um, about her dogs, and um, you know, God just said you need to go over there, like you need to, you know, keep keep this conversation going. And so as exhausted as I was, I got back in my car and drove to Seattle and pounded on her door and got into a nice yelling match with her because, of course, she was angry that I was there. Um, But she's still alive. And um, because she had it all planned out, she had it all planned out. Um, She was very angry that I was there. She was angry that I took the pills from her that I slept there that night, that I slept with the pills in my pocket, and, um, she's been sober for five years, and, um, you know, it's just really turned into this wonderful person, still not a Christian, but we're working on it, (laughs) but, um, it's just, it's kind of one of those things, um, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but... The things that I didn't do that I should have done are the things that haunt me, are the things that really stick with me, um, not the things that I did that I wasn't supposed to do. So uh, that's that's my story.
0: That's awesome. Can we thank Kelly for sharing? Not easy to do, but... The Lord just continues to lead us. Thank you for sharing that, Kelly. Amen. So, 64. Immediately, his mouth was opened. Whose mouth? Zachariah's mouth was opened. And what happened? His tongue was set free. Set free. And what happens? He begins to speak, praising God. That is so powerful to me, church, what he does. right? His first response. When he can finally speak, after how many, around how many months? We don't know exactly, but at least nine months, he can finally, what does he do? He praises God. Can we just settle it today that praising God with your mouth, with your voice, audibly declaring the praises of God, that is not an optional thing. That is not a cultural thing. It's so weird. We've made praising God about your personality type or what kind of music you like or what kind of instruments you like or whether you're an introvert or maybe you're an extrovert or maybe you're more emotional, but I'm more an intellectual. Forget it, church. Just blow that up. Scripture is clear. Let everything that has breath. What? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, it's a weird thing that's happened in our society. Like, well, you know, I'm just not that kind. You know, I'm more what? Have you read the Bible? It's not a personality thing. For humans, this includes your mouths. Opening your mouths. Using your lungs. Using your voice to praise God. I love that after nine months of Zachariah's tongue being locked up, the minute it's set free, he begins to praise the Lord. Rebecca McGonigal, who's currently Australia in Australia studying the Bible. She shared a story. Some of you were here, but she shared a story that while she was in Australia, they'd have these powerful prayer times, and she wanted to say something during these prayer times, but she said it was as if Satan himself had sewn her mouth shut. And then finally, do you remember, if, she, if you're here, she said she was set free. She just let it out in faith, and she began to just declare, declare the praises of God. Declare the praises of God. If that's you, if your mouth has been kind of shut, so to speak, in this area of praise, I am so excited for you. Because you get to choose today to praise the Lord. You're going to choose Today, in faith, now I can't make you, but I'm just believing, because I'm an optimist today, that you're going to choose, in faith, to just praise the God God of heaven and earth. And here's the thing, when you start praising Him audibly with your mouth, you're going to experience joy and peace and life and love like you've never experienced before. You're going to be so happy. In fact, you're going to be filled with joy as your tongue is set free. I can't tell you how many times me and Pastor Chad would talk about this. We would see people who were just so miserable and we're like, they just need to sing. It's so simple. Let Satan stop having that grip on your life. Let it be set free. Open your mouth and praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And if you're kind of self-conscious about it, if you, you think, oh, you know, I'm tone deaf. I've heard a lot of that. Or maybe you're just polite. I get that too. Be like, I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to be a distraction. Well, then here's the deal start in your car, right? You know you're doing it to country music or rap music, whatever your kind of music is. But uh, come on. Get. What do we got, 105.3, we got 88.1, we got Pandora, we got Spotify, we got what, or make up your own song, but get in that car, lock, if you need to lock the doors, lock the doors, whatever you need to do, and start singing to the Lord. Another great place is the shower, because the shower has really good acoustics, have you noticed that? The shower, the bath, I mean, I, I'm singing all the time, and that one, like, it can make anyone sound really, really good, but just begin to praise the Lord. So Zechariah's mouth, try it out. After service, just get in there and start singing. You're going to love it. Zechariah's mouth it's loose, and he begins to praise God. But then look at what happens next. Verse 65. This is so powerful to me. All the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard about all these things, they wondered about it, asking, what then? Is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. I hope you see it, church. Zachariah and Elizabeth, in their obedience to God, instead of listening to other people, in their obedience, God moves in miraculous ways. And their life becomes this amazing testimony to everyone around them. I mean, people begin to talk. I mean, it is the talk of the town. Something special is happening with this couple and with their baby. Who is he going to be? And this means so much to me because at this point, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they are radically obeying the Lord. They are now even publicly praising the Lord. But sometimes as followers of God in the year 2019, we can actually believe the lie that obeying the Lord and audibly praising the Lord will somehow hurt our witness to our community. You ever believe that lie before? That somehow me expressing my faith, my joy, the love I have in Christ will somehow hurt my witness to my community. You ever believe that lie? Right? I don't, I don't want to cause a scene. Just, just want to make sure everybody's happy. It's easy for me to fall into this way of thinking, but this story, it shows us that actually the boldness of their faith, their willingness, and I get it, it's a step of faith, but your willingness to move forward and to declare the things of God, it causes the greater community to be amazed, to be in awe, to be filled with awe. That challenges me. I hope it challenges you. Where is the Lord calling each of us individually as a human being? But also, where is he challenging us and calling us as a church body to be bold in our faith? Right? Where is he challenging us to believe in the impossible? Where is he challenging us to radically obey him and to declare his uh, praises, even if it goes against what we feel our culture, our society, our relatives, family, friends, whoever it might be, wants us to do? I think one of these opportunities is actually coming up for us, church. February 13th. I hope to see you there. I hope every one of us is there on that night. We're going to gather at the Federal Way Convention Center. We're joining with all these other churches. And we're just going to fill that place up, pack that place up for our community, to pray for our community. We're going to let our mouths be loose. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to praise the name of God. We're going to sing. We're going to join hands in prayer. We're going to petition the Lord. We're going to pray for the people of our greater community that they would be loosed from the grips of sin. That our community would be set free from the power of sin. That they would turn to Jesus and accept the blood of Jesus as their forgiveness. That's what I'm praying for. I don't know what you've been praying for lately. I'm tired of praying for myself. I want to pray for revival in my community. To love God and to love others. God will take care of me. But our focus is to love the Lord and to love others. I loved it. I was sick as a dog on Tuesday night, and yet I've never been so happy leading worship. Never been happier. I couldn't talk that night. I was up all night because I couldn't breathe. But I was happy in Jesus, church. Happy in the Lord. And that we would come together as happy people in the Lord, free in the Lord opening up our mouths to praise the Lord, praying for the people of our community, that we would join together, believing that the Lord would set our community free in the name of Jesus. Anybody else want to be a part of that? Yeah, absolutely. And wouldn't it be something that after we joined together, that our community just would be, whoa. Just in awe. Whoa. What is this? whoa, we're we're just so overly strategic in how we're going to reach people, right? I mean, I've read all the books. I'm in the leadership master's program. Like, we just get overly strategic on how we're going to. There's the six steps to becoming a Christian. Like, it's just unbelievable compared to, no, there's a time as you declare the praises of God that your community is just going to stand back and say, whoa, what is this? Lives of Zachariah, the lives of Zachariah and his wife, they become these great testimonies of the power of God. Church, as we leave here this morning, and worship team, come on up, let's be open to be used in the same way in our community, that our lives would be a testimony to the power of God. God is up to something good in our community, church. I don't know if you've seen that, but... I'm just experiencing more. I'm just amazed at what the Lord is doing. But he's doing it not just out there somewhere. He's doing it through us. Anyone else that have the privilege of just the Lord using it? It's amazing how the Lord is using his family, his body, his bride to bring him glory. So I just encourage you. His word is speaking. I encourage you, do what it says and sing the praises of God until the whole world Would you bow your head? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that this would just wake us up a little bit. There's an excitement to your word. There's an excitement to being bold in our faith that people would stand in awe of you, Jesus, amazed at you, Lord. But so often the amazement that people have of you, Lord, comes through your vessels, comes through human beings just like us in this room. And I thank you, Lord, that you used Zachariah, one who doubted. You used Elizabeth, one who was too old. But you used them, Lord, to bring glory to you, Jesus. To, to, to truly have their greater community be amazed, not just at them, but amazed at you, God, and what you can do. And I pray that, Lord, over February 13th, that that would be an encounter, a divine encounter with your presence And that people would be amazed. And we don't even get to decide what that looks like. We don't get to decide how your angels or your spirit is going to move. But we do get to be open. And we get to obey what you say. And so, Lord, would you speak? Even as we lead up to that time, would you speak to us? And will we lean forward and do what you say? God, also in that area of praise... Forgive us, Lord. It's so comical. If you walked through these doors, there would not be one mouth shut. We would fall on our faces and declare the praises of you, probably in a heavenly language. We we don't even know it. We'd just be adoring your name. Forgive us, Lord, for any time we've over-rationalized and intellectualized praise to you, God. For anyone whose mouth has been closed shut by Satan, would you set it free in the mighty name of Jesus? Set it free, Lord. And even those of us who love to sing your praises, take us deeper. Deeper, Lord. Deeper, Lord. Deeper. May it never be just a ritual or just a a, a religious exercise. May it be praise to your name. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Lord, may we come out of this place with vision. May we come out of this church excited about what you're doing, but also excited about what you want to do through us. Yes, you use Zachariah and Elizabeth in powerful ways in their community. But I believe today that you are using LifeSpring Foursquare Church in powerful ways in this community. And at the end of the day, our community will stand in awe of you. We love you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.